0: So we're looking at Summer of Love, 1 Corinthians. Did you guys enjoy the little cartoon before? In that cartoon, Superbook, what the kids look at, there's this little red robot, right? I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, I didn't see robots. And as I watched this Superbook material for the kids, I'm like, what is this robot doing? This is ridiculous. He's taking them around on biblical tours. And I was thinking to myself, this is just stupid. And then after a few weeks of watching the robot, there was an episode where he wasn't in it much. I'm like, where's the robot? Where's my little red friend guiding me through? Anyway, it's just – it's all of you just before saw what some of the kids look at, and the material out there is amazing, and I'm glad we get to equip our kids uh, with stories and with faith, which is really important. And for all of you who do serve in kids' men, thank you so much. Like, it's it's, – we really do appreciate that. Children's ministry is, I believe – probably the most important ministry in a church youth ministry is up there but kids is where we want to really build in and love them well and show them what good faith looks like yes absolutely so summer of love if you got your bibles we're going to one corinthians we're going to look at a couple of verses today and uh the way that i was trying to think how to set this up so that you would care about what i'm going to say because um at the end of the day information is great But if you've got no skin in the game, you're not going to care what the information is really. It might be nice. It might provide you with a helpful guide in life. But unless you really care, um, information will not do much for you. So the way that I wanted to try and set this morning up is to look at these two principles of love that when you apply them to your life, you will see your relationships actually grow and thrive. Grow and thrive. And the way that I want to sort of bring this to you is this idea that you and I undermine our own happiness and the happiness of those around us all the time. We just do. I don't know, in your life and in my life, we try to do what's right. We try to do the best that we can with our friends, in romantic relationships, with our family, in our casual relationships and acquaintances, maybe through work. We try and do what's right and establish healthy healthy relationships, but then we we do stupid things sometimes and undermine our own happiness and undermine those key relationships. We get grumpy. Sometimes they wrong us and we hold on to it just a little bit. And we make decisions that don't benefit our relationships and actually start to poison some of the key relationships in our life. And I think one of the reasons um, that these relationships get poisoned is because we ignore this idea of enduring love. We ignore this idea of enduring love and the two principles that help us create enduring love in our lives. And those two principles are that love needs to have a direction and it needs to be bidirectional, it needs to be between two people and love actually needs to be cared for. Now I know that sounds incredibly simple. Love needs to have direction between two parties or two people and love actually needs to be cared for. Because if we want to see our key relationships thrive, our family relationships, our friendships, our casual relationships, and our romantic relationships, we need to make sure that we actually are intentional with how we handle those relationships, you can't just let them be. And we actually need to make sure we maintain those key relationships. We need to make sure that we maintain those key relationships. So. Before we get to these two verses, I just want to give the context again. If you missed last week, you can go online and check it out. I went through this a bit in a bit more depth. But just to give us the context for the verses we're about to read is simply this. Um, one too far. So Jesus came to the earth and he told us that God loves us and that there's a new way that, uh, that God's going to operate in their interaction with humanity. We now have this standing before God because of what Jesus has done. Then this guy named Saul started to persecute a lot of Christians. Then he became a Christian. Uh, He got renamed as Paul. And he started to go and tell everybody how awesome Jesus is and that Jesus rose from the dead and wants you to have a personal connection with God. Then a bunch of churches uh, started as a result of Paul's ministry. You can read about that in the book of Acts. Uh, But then, as naturally happens within any type of community, problems started to emerge. So these churches that were being planted around the place, they started to have some issues. And they were asking Paul for some direction. And if we remember from last week, Paul also heard uh, that they weren't doing amazing either. And this is where the book of 1 Corinthians is born. It's a response um, to the questions and of what Paul has heard in regards to this church. So that's his response this letter of 1 Corinthians. And when it comes to the... um, When it comes to the chapter we're going to look at just very briefly, it's all about love. It's all about what love is. And if you remember from the video we watched just a bit earlier, love endures. Love is the last that that will be going on and on, even after completeness. So that's the context for this, this, is that we're looking at love within some responses that Paul is doing to the church, uh, the church in Corinth. So again, uh, that's, that's just a quick rundown of where we find ourselves in the Scripture. So the big idea for this morning is just simply that love endures because of direction. It has direction and it's cared for. So love doesn't just happen. Love doesn't just endure because it is love. It, it endures because it's actually tended to and it has an intentionality to it. It has an intentionality to it. So these are the two verses we're going to look at. We're going to draw these principles from and hopefully apply them to our lives. The first verse is this, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, if you've got your, got your Bible there, otherwise on the screen. Love always protects. Isn't that incredible? Love always protects. Love always trusts. We're going to have a talk about trust later on. Love always hopes. And love always perseveres. And then we get chapter uh, verse thirteen, and now these three remain: faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these, the greatest of these, is love. So as I was saying before, love has a direction to it. It's intentional. It has two people who give uh, to each other this uh, this love that happens. So when humanity was created back in Genesis, God created a connection with humanity in which he gave love. And then the expectation was that people would reciprocate love. And if you look at Genesis 3, we did a great job until we didn't do a great job. And now we have a lot of brokenness in our world because this love that is meant to be pure, love that is meant to be maintained amongst ourselves and with us and God, has become twisted in sin. And because of that, there's a lot of pain in our world because people don't use love the way that love was intended to be used and hence people end up abused and it's not good. It's terrible. It's one of the the things in this world which is just absolutely awful and that God hates. So when love has a direction, when it's intentional and it's working the way God wants, it's a beautiful harmonious thing of reciprocation within a relationship. It's reciprocation within a relationship. But when love is used as leverage, or love is used to gain power or to dominate, that's when we end up with broken people, broken hearts, and an incredible world of pain. So love has a direction, and the hope is that God wants us to use it together as reciprocation, but sometimes we don't. But love also needs to be cared for. It needs to be tended. As we looked in that verse, it says that love trusts, protects, hopes, and perseveres. We need to be caring for the love that is in our life. Because when we don't maintain love in our key relationships, we start to wonder why they get so distant. And we start to wonder why they're not as close as they used to be. And you see this happen in marriages. You see this happen in friendships. You see this happen in families. People begin to drift because there was opportunity to make things right. There was an opportunity to love better or to leverage yourself for the, for the benefit of the other person. And instead of doing that, we pushed each other away. And when love is not maintained, it breaks down and eventually one of the parties wants an out. Because love, if it's not maintained, it just breaks down. So when we recognise these two forces at use, uh, sorry, that they are at play, sorry, um, we can do one of two things. We can either, um, we can either, ooh, where is it? We can use it for our benefit, sorry. Um, Or I don't know what I just did. I clicked something and now that's happened. I'm so sorry. I'll find it. Clickers are great until you press the wrong button. Ta-da, there we go. See, everyone wants pay attention. I love that. So uh, when we recognise these two forces as play, we can use them. We can understand that if they have uh, intentionality and they, they, that love needs to be maintained, then we can use that and create flourishing relationships because we won't let things drift. But if we ignore these two things, uh, then we actually deny love to truly flourish in our lives because what can so easily happen is is we can just think that it'll all work itself out. If I just love them better, if I just believe that I like them more, it's just going to work out. But the truth of the matter is, is that if we don't follow Paul's words here to protect, trust, hope and persevere, then it just won't end well and we'll end up with sort of a, 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 a twisted view of what love truly is. So there's four areas again of family, friendships, casual relationships and romantic relationships. So, um, this is just a fun part where you get to discuss with the person next to you. Really quickly, with the person next to you, if you're sitting by yourself, sorry, Karen, just chat to yourself. (laughs) You will win this conversation. Um, With the person next to you, uh, just just say to them, what's one key relationship that you don't want to drift? What's one key relationship you don't want to drift in your life? If you're sitting next to a stranger, it's even better because if it you know if you're sitting next to someone who you should love and you don't want to it's awkward anyway so just with the person next to you what's one key relationship that you don't want to see drift All right, now that everyone has something in mind, now that everybody has something in mind or a key relationship you don't want to see drift, as we go through the rest of the message, um, what I want you to be doing is I want you to be applying through that filter of that relationship because if you want to be um, having health and vitality in that relationship in years to come, then we need to apply some of this stuff to those Relationships, And you need that front and center. Because what happens most of the time, people preach and you sort of go, oh, that's generally correct. But if you don't put some skin in the game, if you don't think through an actual thing that is going on in your life, then you're not going to apply it to anything useful. So that key relationship, as we go forward, think and filter through that relationship. All right. So here we go. If we have intentionality on one hand and maintenance on the other. All right. So love has to be intentional and love needs to be maintained. There, there are four outcomes. Now, this is not in the Bible. This is just a bit of fun that I, I made up. All right. So if there's high intentionality and high maintenance right, within your relationship, then the chances are that it will have high impact and it will endure. If you think about your family relationships, if you're constantly checking in with one another, if you're letting things go easily, when confrontation happens, you're speaking truth in love to one another, you're being intentional and you're also caring for it, then the chances are is that it will last, it will grow, it will have high impact and it will endure. In, with, uh, with spouses, exact same thing. Could you imagine if you forgot date night for the fifth time in a row? Not much maintenance, not much intentionality, right? Uh, with your kids, could you imagine if you kept forgetting to pick them up from school and then when they told you about their problems at school, you just ignore them because you're not being intentional with that relationship? So when you have high intentionality and high maintenance, the chances are is that that relationship will have high impact and it will endure, and it will endure. If it has low maintenance and low intentionality, it will decay. It will break down. And the painful thing about relationships is that when it breaks down, relationships can break down so slowly. At first, it looks like it's just a little issue. Then you start to look back five years down the track, you realize you're not as happy as you used to be. Then 10 years later, you wonder why you waste your time with them. And then before you know it, you're looking back going, this relationship is dead. And it didn't happen in one or two days. It happened over five, 10, 15 years. They said they would change. They said that would change. They said they would change. And then you had to make the change. Relationships decay and they decay so slowly. But then there's a couple of other issues that arise in life. Sometimes we're really, really intentional. We want this relationship to be the best. We, we love our family. We want to hang out with them. We love our spouse. We want to make this relationship thrive. We love our friends. We want to be there. But then we don't ever maintain those relationships. And what happens is we have a high impact, but then it just decays. It's that mate who will help you move house, and they're there for two days, and you're like, this is amazing, and then you don't see him for two, for two years. And that when you're around them, they just say, yes, let's catch up. Yes, let's be friends. Yes, let's hang out. But then they just don't ever put into the relationship. They don't maintain it. They're not there. They're not spending time. Or it's the family member who says, yes, 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 I love you, I love you, I love you. But then they keep on forgetting key dates. They keep on forgetting to actually show that love through application. And there's high impact there. And you think this is an incredible relationship, but then it just slowly decays. And those can be really painful because you expected so much and they delivered on so little. And then finally, you have um, really, really, really low intentionality but really high maintenance. It, it goes on forever. It has a huge endurance but it doesn't have much impact. And those are the relationships that they just don't become all that they could have become. You're good friends with them but you can't really share uh, those parts of your heart that you want to. They're an incredible spouse, but they just don't, they're just not, I imagined more when I signed up for this deal. They're, they're great family members to be around and everything, and they love me, but I just don't think I can express myself the way that I should. And there's low impact, but there's definitely endurance there. So to give a couple of images to this, the first one I want to give is this. Who knows what, what, what this place is? Chernobyl. Yes, this is Chernobyl. This is an image of decay. Do not let your relationships become like this. Pro tip: Um, that's decay. Who knows what this image is here? Yeah, Sydney, the Opal Towers. Now I know. All right, I know the people. Some residents have moved back in, so my this doesn't stand as strong as it did when I made the illustration. But um, it's really nice and high impact, right? But uh, structurally, it wasn't as It it worried people. It looked like it was, you know, they had to evacuate everyone. They were trying to figure out the concrete's cracking, what's happening here. People were talking about suing each other on the high end. Oh, my goodness. Um, High impact, beautiful building. uh, But as soon as you start to see some cracks, you start to wonder, (laughs) don't really want to go in there. Imagine being, like this happened over Christmas. Imagine someone saying, hey, man, come to my New Year's party at the Opal Tower. Mm. I'd like to see the engineering report, please, and all of the (laughs) structural reports. Um, yeah, looks beautiful, but it, it may not be all that it is meant to be. Uh, who, oh, well, everyone knows what this is. Does anyone know what car this is? I don't know. I typed old car, <laughs> and this is what I got. Does it, What is it? Does anyone know what this is? D- Duesenberg, am I saying that right? Yeah. All right. It's, Ameri- it's an American car. Ah. Oh. Look at it, it's beautiful. Maybe, I, I, don't, I don't like cars. Um, really, really low impact, because it's a car, but look how well-maintained that is, man. Like, it's not gonna change the world, but it's gonna change someone's world. Look, you've got a little tire on the side, how cool is that? How fast could they go? Pretty quick? All right. Low impact, injury. It's a nice, ca- if anyone wants to go buy one, go online, I'm sure it's on eBay, I don't know. And then um, finally, Who knows what this is? Oxford, Oxford. has anyone been to Oxford? Yes, oh a couple over here, oh my goodness. Did you guys all graduate from Oxford? One day, that's right. (laughs) Tish, when you graduate, do you get to go over there if you finish stuff off? No, online courses, maybe they'll send you an online picture of it, I don't know. Um, Oxford. Uh, very well uh, maintained and huge intentionality. It lasts lasts forever, high impact, 100%. So the point of looking at all this is basically if you want love to endure in your life, um, then it needs to be intentional and it needs to be maintained. It needs to be intentional and it needs to be maintained. So let's, let's apply um, some of this to our life. So let's go back through our, through our two verses again. So the first verse is this, love always protects. Isn't that an amazing sentiment? Love always protects. Love always trusts. I'm going to talk about trust in a minute. Love always hopes. I love how it says always. Because this is, remember, the context for this in 1231 is that Paul is saying, I'm going to show you a better way. So he's trying to say this is what love is ideally. Because you may look at this list and go, love hasn't always protected me. Love hasn't always proven trustworthy to me love hasn't always shown hope or persevered in my life but paul is trying to say here love from god for his people and how we're meant to express that to one another he's showing us the better way that love always does this when it is love it will be doing this when it is acting outside of these parameters it is not love the way that god designed love to be so love always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres. And I I think it's important linking these two together because that word love always perseveres and we get in uh, the last verse of the chapter and now the three remain, faith, hope and love but the greatest of these is love. The one that will end, uh, that will be there at the end is love. The one that will make it through is love. So then the application to our key relationships, remember in your mind you you talked before what's that relationship in mind, um, is basically... It's basically this, we need to apply this to our thinking is, well then in these key relationships, how do I protect the hurting, trust those around me, hope for the best and persevere through times of trial? To personalise this, how do you protect that relationship you have? How do you be the one to take the first step to protect in that relationship? How do you trust? And we'll talk about trust in a second. All right? I'm highlighting trust. How do you hope for the best? Because in relationships we hope for the best and then they don't deliver. And we get hurt. So the next time something comes up in this relationship, we want to hope up there again, but last time we got hurt. So we're just going to hope down here and then down here and then eventually you just don't even put any hope into that at all. But how do you hope for the best, sometimes in spite of what you're receiving from the other person? And that just comes down to this second point. How do we persevere through times of trial? How do we do this? So the thing I want to put forward is uh, basically doing this is really sort of a daily grind business. When we look at this list of protect the hurting, trusting those around us, hoping and persevering, sometimes we can think about those key moments in our relationships where everything was really big. And normally things get really big towards the end of a relationship. That's when the real fights start to happen. That's when you really say what you think in unhealthy relationships. When things start to go down, that's when you start to go, well, stuff it then. I'm going to tell you what I really think. I'm going to really act up. But by that point, most of the time, the relationship is already gone. By that point, the relationship probably was gone months or years ago. So what I wanna propose is that when we apply the scripture to our life, making sure that we bring love as always protecting, trusting, hoping and persevering, it needs to be just become part of the daily grind that we do with one another, that you do within that key relationship. When you get hurt, you need to voice it. When they don't fulfill a promise, you need to tell them that you had a different expectation. When there's a time of trial and rather than them confiding in you or coming to you for help, they go to another place or another person, you need to turn to them and say that that's unhelpful and that's not going to help us in our relationship. And when when they choose to do things that hurt us on purpose, Um, if you're a Jesus follower, we need to learn how to either let that go or to to bring that before God and say, I need help in these moments when I'm getting hurt. But it needs to just become part of what we do much more regularly than those big spikes in the relationship because what's going to happen is it's going to amp up. They're going to offend you. They're going to say something. They're going to miss dinner again. They're going to forget to bring something to an event. And, And you're just the tension that's been building over time, you're going to amp up and say, this is what I really think you're going to unload on them and the emotions are going to be high and you're you're probably going to feel better but they're not going to hear what you've said. So if we can incorporate protecting, trusting, hoping and persevering into the smaller moments, into the daily part of how we live out these relationships, I believe that they'll be healthier relationships and they will probably, um, you'll avert those big crises that can happen when you're not doing this, when you're not doing this. So how do we protect the hurting? Um, Well, we need to be front foot people. We need to be people who, when we see injustice or we see something happen in the relationship that is unfair, uh, we need to be the ones who step on the front foot and go and love them and protect them. And sometimes it means we take the fall for things we didn't do. Sometimes it means we, we unfairly take on Um, the anger which is meant to be directed elsewhere, but because we love that person, we want them to express themselves. Sometimes we wear things that are not for us to wear, but we know that we're helping and that we're actually being part of, um, we're actually helping protect them and allow them to become all that they're meant to be. Um, How do we trust those around? We'll come back to trust. Um, How do we hope for the best? Uh, This really is a a tough one uh, when you've been hurt a lot, because as I said before, Hoping for the best is really hard when you've been let down again and again and again and again. And the only thing, uh, as as I was looking at this scripture through the week, the only thing I could think about when it comes to hoping for the best is at the end of the day, it needs a renewal from God to get our hope back. It needs a renewal from God to get our hope back. Because when life pushes us down that many times, for us to get up and to hope and believe the best in life, that requires something from Jesus in us through the Holy Spirit. You can smile optimistically and just be like, it's fine, but that doesn't change the condition of your heart. And I believe that hoping for the best actually requires God to renew our minds in this area and renew our hearts and that will make us more vulnerable sometimes, yeah, because we might hope and believe the best in someone again and they may let us down. But if we genuinely want this relationship to succeed, we need to hope for the best and I think God sometimes needs to renew our hearts and renew our minds as well for that. And how do we persevere through times of trial? Just keep swimming, I don't know. How do you persevere through times of trial? Most of the time we just hold on to whatever is nearest to us. And if you've put into your life a good rhythm of communicating with God, of reading scripture and through praying, the chances are when times of trial come, those are what you'll hold on to. If you put into your life watching Netflix, chilling out and not addressing anything, the chances are when times of trial come, that's what you'll do. Because when times of trial come, our initial response is to go to what's comfortable. There will become a time where we go, no, I need to change or this needs to happen. But that can, that can take place a while after some pain has occurred. But if you've got some healthy rhythms in your life, when times of trial come, then you'll grab to what you know. And if you put some good things in place already, um, then when those times of trial come, you'll go to them and they'll renew and will bring life. Now, I just want to quickly go back to trust. And then we'll whip through the end. How do we trust those around us? One of, one of the biggest sayings um, that you'll find, especially among young people, uh, is that my trust has to be earned. Has anyone encountered this before? My trust has to be earned. I don't trust easily. You have to earn my trust until I can actually be who I'm meant to be around you, until I can look you in the eye and say, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. Uh, that's That, for me... Trust has to be earned is one of the most hurtful things that you can put into your life. Because someone cannot earn what you do not give. If you're saying to someone else, you have to earn my trust and you're never giving them anything to hold, they will never earn it. And you will continue to be isolated. So when I look at this, love trusts, there is something that has to happen first before the person can trust you. It has to be, they have to be given something. They have to be given a responsibility. They have to be given part of your heart. They have to be given something that then they are proven trustworthy with or untrustworthy with. And sometimes in key relationships, we're living out our lives going, you have to earn my trust. You have to do things that show me that you love me properly. But we've never given them anything. And because of that, we don't fully know if we can trust them or not. And we continue to be isolated and it continues to hurt us. So if you ever find yourself thinking, they have to earn my trust, I just pray that you'll be thinking differently. How can I give them something to trust and then see if they're going to be trustworthy with it? I think that's a game changer for a lot of people because then you'll actually start to embrace community better because you won't be so standoffish going, I can't be me until... And you start to look for opportunities to say, hey, how can I... Give of myself and see if you're someone who will love and reciprocate. And when that doesn't happen, and sometimes people go into marriage with this whole idea that we don't trust each other fully until they fulfill the need in me, uh, there's a lot of pain in that. Friendships as well. They were a great friend until you actually told them something which is really close to you, and then they went and told everyone else. Um, You didn't see if they were trustworthy early on, and then later on it comes to bite us back in the butt. So anyway trusting those around us. it requires us taking a step, giving that to them and seeing if they're going to be trustworthy or not. So how do we make sure we apply all this to our life? Well if we're a follower of Jesus, um, the beginning of Corinthians uh, chapter 1 verse 4 to nine gives us a couple of truths. It gives us the truth that we are strengthened by Jesus, that we are called by God and we're lacking no spiritual gifts. so he's talking to the church and it encourages us as individuals as part of the church as well. So I believe ultimately, if you're a follower of Jesus, um, the Holy Spirit will guide you to, um, to protect, trust, trust, hope, and persevere. I can't apply this to your life. You've got to take this away and apply it to your own life. But how do I protect? How do I trust? How do I hope? How do I persevere? If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will show you how to do that. He will guide you through that process so that you can do that well. So as we come to the end, I just want to encourage you. In life, love endures because it has direction and it is cared for. That relationship that you're thinking about before, I hope it flourishes. And I hope that in your families, love flourishes. I hope there's honesty. I hope there's trustworthiness. I hope there's hope with your friendships. I hope you can you're able to have friendships where you can give of yourself and be part of community. And when it comes to your romantic relationships as well, I hope the exact same thing that you will be intentional and that you will care for and maintain that relationship. Because I don't want you to be looking back 5, 10, 15, 20 years later realising you've been undermining your key relationships by not trusting, not protecting, not hoping and by not persevering through the tough times. Let's pray.